What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week five tight end start sits. We know the tight end position is already rough as is, but now we throw in some bye weeks, Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Buccaneers. Fortunately, not a ton of super fantasy relevant tight ends um, on those teams on bye, but still the tight end position is rough. Even some of the players we drafted who we thought would be solid mid-tier options. A lot of those players haven't panned out. So we're going to be going through every single week five matchup, listing every fantasy relevant tight end as either a start, fringe option, or a sit. Obviously, we got to move the bar a little bit to give you know some of these tight end starts more than like three, four, five guys. But the starts are the players you feel decently confident throwing into your lineup. The fringe options, you know, you probably don't love it, but you could toss them in there. Um, maybe just like hoping for a touchdown at the tight end position and then sits. These are players you would prefer to keep on your bench. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button. Let's just jump right into the week one matchup. We have the Bears taking on the Commanders, and I think Cole Komet is a fringe option. His usage isn't great. Like he only had a 65% route participation, but he's someone that Fields is clearly looking to target. He's the tight end eight in targets on the season. So top 10, even without the route participation, still solid. And he's coming off a two touchdown game. So I think he's a tight end two potential guy you picked up off of waivers. He's a fringe option for me. On the other side, going to be sitting Logan Thomas. His route participation isn't bad, just really hasn't logged a ton of strong performances this season. Moving over to Sunday, we have the Jaguars taking on the Bills. And Evan Ingram has really established himself as a really strong weekly option. Through four weeks, he has showcased a very high floor. Hasn't hit a ceiling game yet, but some of those could be in store in the future. On the other side for the Bills, um, through uh, three weeks, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox were pretty much locked into the same number of snaps and routes every single game. They would both fluctuate, but they would fluctuate together week to week. We actually saw Dalton Kincaid separate himself from Knox um, here in week four. He had a 79% raw participation, still didn't do a ton. The main problem is that he's just not being utilized down the field at all. One of the reasons why I was really high on Kincaid heading into the season and just high on him as a prospect in general is that he was a strong athlete and he could win at every level of the field. So he could be a guy you line up out wide or in the slot and he can win deep down the field. I thought that would give him some upside, especially in this Bills offense. They're just not using him like that. So I still think he's like a weekly tight end too, just based on the routes he's running in this offense. I know he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but in this offense, he should have the opportunities to do that. So he's a tight end too. He's going to be a fringe option for me, but definitely been disappointed overall through off four weeks. And then sitting Dawson Knox, I mean, once Kincaid is uh, passing him up in routes, really tough to rationalize a Dawson Knox start in your lineup. Then shifting over to the Texans-Falcons game, I have Dalton Schultz as a sit. Some people may be surprised by this because he's coming off his best fantasy performance, but he's actually coming off his worst usage also. So he got into the end zone, caught three passes, but his route participation fell to 39%. That is not playable usage at the tight end position. So Schultz is going to be a sit for me. We also have just these other wide receivers balling out, Nico Collins, Tank Dell. They clearly don't need Dalton Schultz to be like a week-to-week -week option. Then on the other side for the Falcons, it's a sad day here, but Kyle Pitts has officially been relegated to the sit area. His raw participation has been strong. He's just not commanding enough volume. He's also just clearly not 100%. He's not healthy. The quarterback play is terrible. Just not great. 
it's tough for Kyle Pitts. I still like him long-term as a player. He's still very young. Um, his rookie year production was still great. We know he's talented. I just don't know if it's going to happen this season. It's also just time to be a sit when you have Jonu Smith outproducing you on your own offense. So Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith are both going to be sits for me. Then shifting over to the Panthers-Lions matchup. For the Panthers, Hayden Hurst really hasn't done much after his uh, solid week one. He's going to be a sit. The usage just isn't there. For the Lions here, Sam Laporta is someone where if you snagged him as a later round option or picked him up after week one, week two, you are probably feeling pretty good about yourself because at this point, you can make a very strong argument. He's a top five tight end moving forward. I mean, you got like the top three of Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson. Sam Laporta might be like that number four. I think that's a very convincing argument you could make. So he's a locked in start. Very strong role, consistent involvement in this Lions offense. Got to feel good about him moving forward. Shifting into the Titans-Colts matchup, Chigo Conquo. The routes have been fine. There's just no volume. Tough to really trust uh, many pieces of this Titans offense. And then for the Colts, this is a full-on tight end by committee. Going to be sitting at Kylan Granson. Then moving over to the Giants-Dolphins game. I have Darren Waller as a start, but he is dangerously close to falling into that fringe area. This game overall from the Giants offense just felt like a dagger for like all of their weapons because coming into this game, the way I was looking at it was like, all right, they're not going to be some sort of elite offense. They struggled against the 49ers. They struggled against the Cowboys, but that could happen to a lot of teams. This one, this game was tough to swallow here, just getting completely annihilated by the Seahawks defense. That's three out of four games where the offense has just been non-existent. So I still think Waller's playable, um, but this has been a bad start. He doesn't look great. He's not commanding a super high target share. One more bad game, he could be bumped out of it. But right now, he's going to be like a low-end start for me. And then going to be sitting uh, Durham Smythe for the Dolphins. Then we have the Saints taking on the Patriots. For the Saints, going to be sitting Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill. Just not enough involvement from both of those guys. I think Jawan Johnson was uh, active, but he didn't end up playing. Like I think he tweaked something pregame, but still, he hadn't done anything through three weeks. Then for the Patriots here, another one of these guys that you probably added off of waivers who you're feeling pretty good about in your lineup. Um, very strong route participation. He's gone for 50-plus yards in three out of four games. Also scored two touchdowns. So some well-rounded production out of Hunter Henry. Really like one of the only uh, bright spots here in this Patriots offense. Shifting over to a divisional matchup between the Ravens and the Steelers. Mark Andrews, massive week four. Love to see it out of Mark Andrews. Was very high on him in like that early third round area. Two, three turn. So good to see him balling out. Connecting with Lamar, who's also looked really strong through four weeks. Then for the Steelers here, Pat Frymuth is injured. Um, so I have him as a fringe option. He's another guy who's been disappointing uh, early on. If he's able to give it a go, I guess he's a tight end too, um, but definitely not like an auto start in your lineup anymore. Then shifting over to the Bengals-Cardinals game. Bengals really have nothing going on here at the tight end position. Going to be sitting Tanner Hudson. And then for the Cardinals, Zach Ertz has kind of had a weird run with his usage um, through four weeks. So week one, it was great. Then he took a dip in week two. Then he took another dip in week three to the point where it was like, ugh, he may end up having to be bumped to a sit if he goes any lower. Then he goes out here in week four. His usage shoots all the way back up. 87% route participation. He commands a strong amount of volume. He's currently third in targets at the tight end position. 
so with the landscape currently, he's going to be a start. The uh, Cardinals offense has also just looked better than expected. So it's not like he has zero touchdown upside. There's something there. So he will be a start for me. Then we are going to have the Eagles taking on the Rams. And Dallas Goddard's going to get relegated to the fringe section here. He has been just terrible through four weeks. Five and a half PPR points per game. He's not commanding a ton of volume. He's not getting into the end zone. He's not making big plays. So he's still attached to a good offense. He is still a good tight end. So like there's talent there. Um, But I gave a little bit more leeway to a guy like Darren Waller and a guy like George Kittle, who I'm going to talk about later, keeping them as starts because I do think they have high weekly ceilings. Dallas Goddard has never really been a high ceiling option. So the fact that he now has pretty much zero weekly floor it's tough. It's like a big hit to his value at this point. So he will be a fringe option. He's just kind of thrown into the mix with these other uh, tight ends with decent usage, but not super strong, like week to week production. In that same matchup, we have Tyler Higby. He's put up back to back double digit PPR point games. He's currently the tight end five in targets. I think you could actually probably say he's a start if Cup does not play in this game. If Cup does return here, it'll be interesting to see if he can. Uh, like maintain his target earning ability with all those weapons, right? Because you've got Puka balling out. If Cooper Cup's coming back, Tutu Atwell's still involved, you know, then maybe he becomes like the fourth option. But right now he's in a solid spot. So kind of right on the edge there between a fringe and a start. Um, In the Jets-Broncos matchup, going to be sitting both of these uh, tight ends. For the Jets, Tyler Conklin, this is just a split at the tight end position there. So the route participation isn't great. For the Broncos, Unfortunate that Greg Dulcich went down, but outside of Dulcich, none of these tight ends are really uh, you know, fantasy relevant, even if they're running a decent amount of routes. Then we have the clear most stacked tight end matchup of the week, Chiefs taking on the Vikings. You fire up Travis Kelsey, you fire up TJ Hawkinson, and you should be very thankful that you have a locked in tight end one and don't have to worry about the mess at the uh, position right now. Sunday night football, Cowboys taking on the 49ers. Jake Ferguson I have as a fringe option, and he was actually right on the cusp of being a start for me. His route participation is still under 70%, which is what gives me a little bit of pause. But even without running a ton of routes, he is still commanding a lot of targets. He has seven targets in three of the four games. He would be a start for me if this was a better matchup. This is just a tough um, draw here going up against the 49ers. And then for George Kittle, I kind of referenced it earlier. He is still going to be a start for me, but through four weeks, we have one solid game out of him and then three pretty much unplayable games at the tight end position. When I was looking at these 49er weapons, I was really not overly high on any of the big three. So Debo, IU Kittle, obviously I liked Christian McCaffrey as my uh, running back one. But those other three, I just kind of thought they'd constantly be eating into each other's workload. So one would have a big game and then they would flop the next week. The other one would have a big game. So far through four weeks, George Kittle has just been getting the short end of the stick there where Ayuk has had monster performances, Debo has had monster performances, George Kittle has had one solid performance and then hasn't done anything else. I still think he has a very high weekly ceiling, but it's not a great look at this point. And there's just not a lot of consistency there. So he's still going to be a start, but it's a tough spot, honestly, like with a lot of these tight ends. 
Um, and then the final matchup, uh, Packers taking on the Raiders. Luke Musgrave left the Thursday night game with a concussion. We'll see if he's able to give it a go here. Um, he does have like a longer timetable to recover, like week and a half compared to the normal like seven days, Sunday to Sunday. This is going to be Thursday to Monday. So if he does play, I think he's a fringe option. He has through three weeks, he led the Packers in our routes run. So clearly very involved. He'll be a fringe option. And then the Raiders going to be sitting Austin Hooper there. Just nothing going on at the tight end position for the Raiders. That is going to wrap it up for every single week five tight end matchup. If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I already have my running back, wide receiver, and quarterback start sits posted on the channel. So if you're interested in any of those, go check those out. Any questions, drop them down below. Thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.